I'm Ellen, and you're listening to The Curvy Pod. My mission is to share conversations with entrepreneurial-spirited women and discuss how they break through barriers to live above the curve and create meaning in their life. Holly is the owner of the Full Figure Chess Copywriting, a content marketing and consulting company that provides creative and elegant copywriting for the high-end lingerie industry. The Full Figure Chess helps boutique owners, lingerie authors, experts, and apparel companies create a message that resonates with buyers worldwide. She has written for media outlets from the Lingerie Journal to the Toast. Check her out at thefullfiguredchess.com. Yay, let's do it. <laughs> let's jump into our live interview at Curve Expo in New York City. We want to welcome our guest today, Holly Jackson. Uh, we've actually known her for quite a number of years. She's been really supportive of the Alila brand. And we want to welcome her today to our show, The Curvy Pod. Thank you, guys. I do love the brand. I wear your bras all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that. Thank you so much. Can you give us the speed wheel of your background? A little bit of so, the audience. My background actually, I started out in nonprofit work in my early 20s, and I started my business because, quite frankly, well, if you do inter level nonprofit work, you realize you could basically be working at McDonald's and making more money <laughs> than you are doing nonprofit work, and I wanted to try something different. Um, so I went into kind of general advertising copywriting, um, but I started to get some fashion clients, and I was never someone who thought of herself as a fashionable person. I've never someone who thought about clothes growing up. I grew up in a family where people didn't wear makeup and where you didn't think about clothes because that was unfeminist and unbusinesslike. And it turned out I loved clothes. And specifically, I loved lingerie. Like, it changed my life. And eventually, I reoriented my whole business towards being lingerie clients. And that's what it's been now for nine years. So, almost answers part of our first question is, do you recall when you had that spark of an idea that became a passion? Well, it's funny. I don't know how much of a passion it was. I do remember being basically not plus size, which I have now, but certainly full busted and going to buy bras with my mom and just crying and being embarrassed because, you know, there were two options and they were ugly and they were terrible and people telling you this is what you get for the rest of your life and me thinking, but these are so awful. Like, there are all these pretty bras over there. Why don't I get to wear those? And I, part of what I do like about my job is I get to advocate for the pretty bras uh, and for access to pretty bras for everyone. And it sounds superficial. I know you guys know it is not superficial, but to many people, it's not world peace. It sounds superficial. But access and feeling good about yourself is so important. It changes how you present yourself at work, how you present yourself at life. I mean, it, it can be a huge deal for someone who doesn't have access to that and then gains it. Right. I agree. Yeah, I think it, I agree with you. It can change your life. How you dress, what is underneath, and not everybody needs to know what's underneath, but you know what's underneath. Right, but if you have a big presentation at work, you will always do better if you love what you're wearing and if you feel supported and if you go in wearing something that makes you feel powerful. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a huge difference. Yes. So yeah, I mean that's really your, you know, took found passion. I did it. surprisingly. <laughs> and so it sounded like in ways it started shaping itself. Like you said, you started getting some clients and things like that. Yeah, I started getting some clients, and then I got more clients via word of mouth, and then eventually Ellen Lewis hired me to write for Laundry Briefs. I'm her curvy editor now, um, and obviously that opened up like a whole new world of opportunity, and I will forever be grateful for her. Um, for doing that. So it's it's just kind of all built on itself. Well, in those moments when it was just beginning, was did you feel fear? Oh, I still have fear about things. I have fear of talking to strangers at shows and doing podcasts. I am not a 
particularly extroverted person. Right. And this job has forced me to give better at public speaking, at the things I didn't think I was good at. And I still have fear. And I also, as you all know from my clients, sometimes I have fear of being a plus-size person walking into maybe a plus-size unfriendly space yes. at a trade show or at a client meeting or if I'm meeting a new client who maybe doesn't carry plus what if they only carry to size eight i think okay well what will they think of me if they see me in person are they less likely to hire me because of how i look i still have those concerns what does the fear look like are there symptoms of the fear like a heart rate or or a thought i mean i've i feel like i've gotten better about managing that i think as i've gotten older when i started my business i was in my early 20s now i'm 34 I have gotten more to the point where I feel like if people don't like me, that's their problem and not my problem. I think age helps a lot. Um, Running a business for a long time, realizing that I do have clients. I've had some clients now for eight years. I mean, I'm good at my job. I have clients who are happy with me. So I've gotten to the point where I'm more willing to kind of self-select out of environments where I don't feel like they're friendly to me. And I didn't have that confidence when I was younger. I felt like, oh, if somebody doesn't like me, I must have done something. But not everyone is your person when you run a brand. Not everyone is your person, which is okay. You just have to be okay with going through life and realizing that the whole world doesn't have to be your person. Yeah. So that sounds like, to me, it's a different inner dialogue for you. Like, you know, you can kind of talk to yourself and be like, okay, this is not my situation. We're going to do something else. Right, like, these are not my people, and that's okay. There are so many service providers in this industry. There's someone else's people, and sometimes I get people come in and I basically gently say I know someone who would be a better fit for you than me let me give you their number right and that that takes a lot of guts providing services is so hard because you have to get to know someone's business and you have to be on the same wavelength especially if you're doing social media for someone or you're creating a company voice and there sometimes there are people you're just so different it is hard to sort of get on the same wavelength and I don't want people wasting their money or their time when I know that I'm not it for them right right and it's not a personal thing. Sometimes right, it's people not are a personal not thing. That's like, great. There are many options out there, and I'm not for everyone, and I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So outside of being able to realize that you're not on the same wavelength as someone, what are some of the techniques they use to get through a tough day? I'm getting better about trying to turn off work. The problem of working from home is you're never really off. We moved into a new house in August, and it's a two-story house, and we made an effort to really set it up so work was just one portion and one floor so you can literally walk out of work and go live your life and the rest of the house. That helps. I'm trying to do other things that aren't just work. I used to work all the time. I still work a lot of hours, but like I do embroidery. I'm trying to have hobbies. I'm trying to like exercise four days a week. I got a very high maintenance dog about (laughs) a year ago and he is great because like he gets me out you know, to exercise, and, like, he makes me get out of my head and take breaks. Yeah, when, was there a moment when you noticed you might need to not work so much? Was there a symptom in your body, or you just kind of started feeling tired? Oh, I just, I was feeling tired and burnt out, and not just stressed out, but kind of resentful of my clients after a while, and, like, it wasn't their fault. They're all perfectly nice people, but, like, people would email me, and I would say, why? Why is this person emailing, like, this didn't really have to be this, and, I realized that was my fault. Like, I was just tired and burnt out, and I yeah. needed to not be that way. Like, I need to be available to my clients fully. And some of that means, like, turning off and creating more boundaries than I had. Yeah, creating space. It's hard when you work at home, though, because there aren't a ton of boundaries, and you have to create those boundaries for yourself. And I know a lot of people who run sole proprietor companies, and everyone's projects and boundaries look 
different. And I think the hard part is finding what style you are. Yeah, and we're similar generations. I'm 31. But I read this great article called The Millennial Burnout. But it is true when you... Oh, and your... Helen Peterson's article? I think so. It, yeah, it had those matches on the front. Yes. And it was such a good article. She's writing a book, too, really? about the whole thing. So The Millennial Burnout article made me think, as a freelancer... I'm always feeling guilt if I take a break. Right, you feel bad. I really identified with that article and had to take a moment to be like, I am always feeling guilt for even having fun with my friends. Right, and something has to change. Part of it depends too. I don't know how you were raised. Like, my parents are both research scientists. They were workaholics. Their jobs were eighty percent travel. My model growing up was always working. It was also kind of like miserable to see them do it, and I think they were sort of miserable doing it a lot yeah. of the time. And I think part of this is reaction to me seeing them saying okay I know I have the tendency to become that person but I don't want to like I'm married I like I don't want my personal life to be subsumed by my job and I can still be good at my job without allowing it to just take over everything yeah so that's really important but it takes effort it does take effort to be that way (laughs) but I'm learning myself now that I'm creating some space it's a new feeling but it definitely is changing my life in many ways and like the resentment thing I can totally relate to and that's on me to make sure that I have a little rest and then I can be excited for my job actually right like I love my job like I feel so privileged I love my job and if I get up that day and I'm like man I just don't want to work I hate this I know that I haven't rested or mm-hmm. I haven't taken enough breaks like something is happening and it's not the job like, yes. I didn't do something to manage it yeah it's a great lesson for me to that's reinforce. A, yeah it's good because sometimes when I feel anger and resentment at myself and I'm exhausted I don't say I'm in control of that I sometimes just think like, you know, like everything is awful and I'm just being emotional or hormonal and you just, sometimes it is just taking a step back. Yeah, taking a break. It can change everything. Yeah. (laughs) What does success mean to you? I think that's a super interesting question. I think I would have answered that so differently when I started my business and now Obviously, when I started, I just thought, I want to make, like, $5,000 a month, and that's all. That's all I care about. (laughs) And now it's more like I want to have a stable structure of retainer clients so I don't have to worry about where my money is coming from. I don't want to start an agency. I don't want to grow sort of bigger than what I can handle. I like providing hands-on services to clients. And so, yeah, I want money. I want enough money to be stable and comfortable, but now it's more about having choices and getting to pick clients I'm really excited about rather than just take everybody who comes through my inbox. It it looks more complicated now than I think it would have when I was younger. Right. Like, I sort of want more quality of life things. Yes. I think it changes so much as you age, as, you know, your life structure changes, as your interests change. Yeah, because some people assume success is making a lot of money as opposed to having work-life balance and feeling fulfilled right and now we're in this point in our lives where I mean there's so much going on you just think I'd like to have a good day see people that I like have good conversations do things that I enjoy and yes it may not all be easy but it's okay to have a little bit of tension in in my days or in my weeks right nothing can ever be perfect but I think you can strive to be happy and comfortable rather than maybe like killing it in your bank account or whatever. Right. I was going to say a difference between live to work and work to live. Yeah. Well, can you describe a perfect day in three words? Sleeping in late. Yeah. Sleeping in late. Seriously. Sleeping in late would be amazing. <laughs> 
one of the things I like about working at home is I do get to control my schedule. I am not a morning person. I had to get up at 8 a.m. today, and I was just like, this is awful. This is why I don't work in an office. Like, why am I going to do this? Yeah, getting up so early. Yeah, I mean, getting to start your day when you want to start your day. So I start a little later, but I tend to work a little later than most people. Yeah. You know, having that flexibility when you work at home is super beneficial. I kind of, I get up, I sit in my pajamas with my dog, I drink coffee in front of my computer, I answer emails. I mean, I have a routine. I, it doesn't look like an office routine, but it is kind of a work routine. But it does allow me to sort of ease into it. I never schedule meetings before noon, okay. just because I feel like my brain isn't quite in here yet. So, I mean, it. my day depends... You would think as a writer, you actually spend most of your time writing, but you don't. You spend like 30% of your time writing and 70% of your time doing other business stuff. Yeah. So writing is actually the minority of my time, and I do it mostly late at night when no one is emailing me and lots of other people are asleep, and I have no interruptions or distractions. Right. Are you good at balancing your day? Are you a procrastinator? Are you? I'm not a procrastinator. I'm fairly good at balancing. I've gotten better about not overscheduling, making smaller to-do lists. But again, that's time. I've run a business for a long time. Yeah. I was not that way at the beginning, and I felt a lot more stressed out. Part of that is about curating your clients to be not stressful people. That has helped a lot. Do you have a favorite indulgence? Um, really expensive embroidery kits. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> it does. Um, it does. <laughs> So I had trouble sleeping two years ago, and I got sent to CBT therapy for sleep. Mm -hmm. And basically, CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. Right, and she told me basically you can pay me $200 a session, or you can take up something tactile, try coloring or embroidery. And again, my family was like all business. No one ever did anything artsy. It turned out I loved embroidery, and I was really good at it. And it was like the best business break ever. Right, so, so she said go. She said start doing something like that instead of going to therapy? Right. She okay. was like, look, you could pay me $200 a session, or you could find something to take a break with that engages your brain in a different way from your job. And, like, I, I did it initially because I sleep better, but now I'm kind of obsessed with it. You and, like, it. it's what I do in my free time. Like, I make these really complicated, like, 17th century 3D embroidered pieces. And... And it's weird because I've read an interview with one of the designers I like, and she said almost all the people who buy her kits are women who own businesses or women with really high-powered, high-stress careers. And they all want sort of increasingly complex, tactile things to do. Wow. And they're doing it for the same reason. Like, it's this coping mechanism to help them get this balance. But she says almost all of her clients buying these kits are women with serious jobs who yeah. just need something different. So I guess I'm not alone in feeling no. that way. No, not at all. And I love that you use the word coping mechanism because what I'm realizing, or sitting in the question of, is yes, life requires some coping mechanisms, but right. we can choose really healthy ones, like embroidering or going to yoga right. or whatever it is. And it's okay that that's a coping mechanism because life is stressful. Right, and I think that's interesting that as life gets more stressful, people sort of, but they don't want simple. They want sort of to learn something in depth. Yeah. Or they want to learn a new skill that's complicated, that takes time and study. Like, people don't opt for the easy answer. They want something to really engage with. Yeah, that's great. Do you typically do that before bed, or does it matter when you do? I do that usually late at night if mm -hmm. I'm not working. For I try and do, like, an hour a day. Nice. So... You said you made a comment earlier that you know talking about success in your younger self, that you see you see a different you know it's a different definition today. Is there advice you would give your younger self? To not worry so much about the money stuff that it will work out. It did take a long time for my business to become really profitable. I think that's typical. 
Um, and I worried about it for a long time. Um, it's obviously very profitable now. I wish I had not worried it so much and just thought if I stick this out, I'll get there. What do you mean by worry? Like, again, you still have to plan or else you're not going to make well, money, yeah, right? like, I, I made money, but, like, again, I had super successful parents. I came from this, like, pressure cooker, super successful scientific family, like, and all of their kids' friends became surgeons and bankers and stockbrokers, and every time I would go home, my mom would say, you know, this person got married in church and had five kids, and she's a surgeon, her husband's a surgeon. Why aren't you doing that? And I would say, well, I pay my bills. I mean, isn't that enough, Mom? And I think trusting that you're good at something and that if you're good at something and you're consistent, that will get you through and that people will recognize that and people really will come to you. Right. I mean, that is important. And whenever I have clients who are starting out, I say you have to give it three years. You have to just trust that you're doing the right thing. If you second guess yourself too much, it's not going to work. You're going to kill it. Right. It's really hard, and it's hard in a world where everybody wants you to make as much money as possible, and that success looks a certain way. Success looks like people on Instagram, and so much of that is fake. Yes. I mean, it's not real, and I think a lot of people spend their time chasing that rather than, you know, actually just sort of living their life and figuring out what makes them happy yeah. and sustainable. You know, it's got to be sustainable. you got to pay your bills. you got to pay your bills. But... There's sustainable and there's the Instagram model, and they're totally different. Yeah, it's good to recognize that. That's been a big theme, is remembering that that's a little bit of persona, which is fine. Right. But knowing that's not necessarily real. Right. Every and moment. There, your life can be a lot of different things in between. Yes. You've got to figure out what you need it to be for you. It's a very individual experience, this whole life is. Yes. But I love that you trust it. I look at you now. <laughs> it took a long time. Yeah. Uh, what I didn't mention at the beginning is we are live at the Curve Expo in New York City. It's uh, a show that's put on for the intimate apparel and lingerie community. Yeah, so there's a lot is going that? on. That's there's why we have lot. so many voices behind us. And yes. <laughs> We're doing it live. Okay, so this is just a nice, fun one. Do you have a favorite quote, song, book that inspires you right now? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's funny. Talking about the Anne Helen Peterson book, I had forgotten about it, but it's definitely on my list to read. I have been reading a lot of books about not female entrepreneurs, but like women who created classic fashion brands in the 40s and 50s and their process of growing and sort of finding their niche. I mean, it's not particularly work-related, but I've been finding it sort of interesting when I think about working in the industry. Yeah. Like, I just read one on Coco Chanel. So, I read a lot of books, I guess, about women doing things that I find admirable. That's great. Yeah, I'm reading a book on, it's called Invisible Women, about the data bias that is inherent in society. Interesting. Very, very cool book. I just started, I'm only like 20, 30 pages into it, but there's just so much bias that we don't even realize that we live in our lives and the assumptions that are made. Oh, it happens all the time. So my husband is a freelancer too. We have different last names. And we will even sometimes get clients who come to us through referrals because he works with some laundry industry clients too. And, like, they'll try and talk me down on price. And he'll be paying the neck with me, and he'll quote them an even higher price, and they won't even question him. Oh. And he'll say, these people were really nice and easy. Didn't you say they were a pain? I said, oh, they were off of me. They don't know that we're married. But wow. it's because awesome. he's a guy. That's awesome. He's my age. It's because he's a guy. And sometimes he has completely different experiences with people than I do. That's and amazing. And, like, I find that, I mean, I should say I find it shocking, but I don't really. It's um, disconcerting. Right, but it... I find it so frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But it's a good screen for who I don't want to take as a client. 
when oh, that yeah. happens. Um, so that's, I suppose it's helpful in that sense. But it's happened to us now four or five times. Wow. With different prospective clients. Wow. Okay, so we're adding something fun to the podcast. So they're rapid fire questions, so you okay. don't really get to think. We're just going to ask really quick, and then you give us your answer. Okay. <laughs> well, this first one I think I know you, I think I know what you're going to say. Cats or dogs? Well, dogs, but we actually have a cat, too. <laughs> we have two dogs and a cat. We're like the home of waifs and strays at our place. So dogs, though. I, I am a dog. The cat the cat belongs to my husband, but it hates me. <laughs> Paper or plastic? Paper, always. Sustainable. Money or free time? Free time. Nature or nurture? Oh, That's a mean rapid fire. Uh, I know it is. Nurture. Yeah. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Coffee or wine? Coffee, all day. <laughs> Rich and bored or employed and tired? Employed and tired. When do you feel the most energy, morning, afternoon, or evening? <laughs> evening, probably. Do you believe in love at first sight? Basically. I moved in with my husband after two weeks, though, so I'm not the right person to talk. You so that are. would be yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I fell in love with my husband within two weeks. I think two weeks is the that's the time. I know? like hearing that from other people because everyone else in our lives thought we had like lost it completely. So I um, hope that happens for me. I appreciate hearing those stories from other people, so like we don't seem quite as crazy. Nice. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you guys for having me. This Wait. was such a joy. Okay. And is there a place we can follow you on social media? Oh yeah. Yes. So I am on Instagram, um, the full figured chest. On Instagram, the full figured chest. And my website is www.thefullfigured chess.com. Okay, great. Thank okay. you so much. Thank we'll you guys for touch. having me. This was lovely. Thank you for listening to the Curvy Pod. Let's continue living above the curve.